Welcome to Breaking the Bias. This podcast is designed as a collection of conversations with sales and marketing leaders from across our industry, shining a light and sharing stories of workplace empowerment. Welcome to this episode of Breaking the Bias. Always fascinated to hear different experiences from the tech sector, engineering, and today thrilled to have Angie Henderson-Moncada with our Senior Vice President for Marketing at FM Global. Angie, welcome. Thank you so much, Alicia. It's great to talk to you again. And I'm really excited about this topic today, something that's really important to me and has been uh, something I've thought about and experienced throughout my career. And I I love that you guys are convening conversations around breaking the bias. Great. And knowing you, Angie, I know you fully embrace who you are. So I was really keen to get you on on the episode and hear your views and, and I guess really what shaped you're thinking uh, how, how you, you're really building your team to make sure that it is diverse and, and a high-performing team with, with, with that as well. Would love for you to kick us off with a bit about who you are, Angie. I, I, I know I know you, but for our listeners, and um, a bit about your career. Absolutely. I think the place to start in terms of who I am is with my values, and I'll sum them up in three words. Uh, for me, that's curiosity, humanity, uh, and possibility. Um, Those are values that guide who I am as a person and how I show up as a leader. And they've been ones that have grown and evolved as I've uh, changed roles and worked in different contexts. Those include being in insurance. My first job while I was still in college, I was uh, working at an independent insurance agency in Georgia, licensed insurance agent, Uh, meandered around a bit and came back uh, to insurance probably about um, seven or eight years ago in the reinsurance space at Munich Re, and I'm now um, leading marketing at FM Global, which is uh, a commercial property insurer that is based, science-based, engineering-driven, and we believe that the majority of loss is preventable. And along the way, I've worked in agency settings, nonprofit settings. I worked on Wall Street at City. Um, it's been just a fascinating career, and I think the thread that holds it all together is um, is storytelling. And I believe that, you know, storytelling unites us as humans. It changes our beliefs and it molds our actions and and inspires others to come along on the journeys with us, whether that's as leaders or as brands. And hearing you talk about your three values, Angie, is that something that you have started doing recently? Is it something that you've always done? Um, so I think something I really admire about you is your your personal integrity and strength, staying true to who, who you are, particularly in, in an industry where there are lots of lots of loud voices and uh, potentially some big egos. Well, that's very kind of you to say. I think I can point to a moment when I uh, earlier in my career when I was involved in a high potential leadership program where we had to pitch to become participants, which was, I think, a really cool way of overcoming bias, just the way it was structured, that you didn't um, get tapped on the shoulder by your manager. You actually had the opportunity to raise your hand, and I really embraced that. Um, And through my preparation for that pitch, I did some work with a, a leadership coach to define what my values are and articulate them, and they've stayed true since then. Um, But what was very interesting is when I uh, went through the pitch process, I I made a conscious decision to show up fully as myself, which is not the sort of blue suit wearing uh, insurance executive that you might think of, but somebody with a lot of color, a lot of um, sort of just to show up as the bright, bold person that that I am and that that I want to be for my team. 
Um, and that sometimes shows up in what I decide to wear in the office, which often stands out. So I wore, um, I said, you know what, I'm going to show up and I, I wore this bright green jacket and a really funky jumpsuit with giant polka dots on it. Um, and my presentation was full of all of our brand colors. Um, and, you know, it was really funny, the reaction that I got in the room, half of the room was like, wow, this is the future. This is where we need to go and who we need to be. And the other half was like, wow, that's really irritating. And when I left it and I got the feedback from the HR team that was running the program, they said, well, you're in, but only by a hair, because there's definitely some folks in the room that are just not ready for what you're bringing to the table. Um, and it was just an interesting uh, moment because I said, you know what, if I show up as somebody I'm trying to be instead of somebody I am, and they they decide that this is uh, the direction of leadership that they want for the company, that's something I want to be a part of. If not, then maybe it's not the place for me. Wow, pretty bold move. I think there's so much talk about um, bringing your whole self uh, to the table and, and in any, you know, particularly in a work setting. And it sounds like you, you you really tested and experimented with that during that process. And I also really love that idea of pitching for, for leadership rather than... Um, uh, being put on a leadership training training program. Um, just, just as you were talking, Angie, thinking about subconscious bias, so you, you obviously walked into that room and you say that the room was divided and that I can see you know, a certain type of individual having a, a subconscious bias. Are, are, are there any biases that you've had in the past yourself that you know, maybe you've been unaware of or you've been surprised by? I think we, we all have them, right? Absolutely. I think one of them that comes to mind is you know, I have often been in roles that are in the corporate headquarters of a large global organization and sort of this, you know, we're here to steer the strategy and we are, you know, working with senior executives to drive growth and um, profitability for the company. And we'll take our central strategy and we'll push that out into the regions. Um, I went from that to being in a role where I was a regional hub marketing leader and people from the headquarters were doing exactly what I just described, but I would feel when I would receive this, you know, but you just don't understand. You don't understand the people that we're marketing to. You don't understand the context and why, you know, what works for all doesn't necessarily work here. Um, and so that unconscious bias piece is really just, you know, whether it's rooted in your expertise, your experience, your level, your role, um, I think, you know, that temptation to feel like I know best and I'll educate others on how to do what they need to do. And instead of really listening to the questions people are asking or the barriers that they may be putting uh, in front of you and really investigating, well, okay, what's really underneath there that I don't see or that I don't know because I haven't had the same life experience or the same professional experience as the people that I'm working with to kind of take this idea or strategy forward. To meet some of the team behind Breaking the Bias, join us at our annual marketing conference taking place on the 24th to the 26th of October in Boston. You can learn more by visiting wearemomentum.com forward slash marketing vision. Let's talk about bias, you know, and, and breaking the bias so much has moved on over the past few decades. What, why is it important to you personally? Why does it matter? Put simply, it unlocks potential, it, you know, going for that value of possibility. As humans, bias is a survival mechanism that we've developed to enable us to quickly make decisions and 
avoid risk and danger or uh, assess a situation and be able to walk into an unfamiliar environment and and have a, a working hypothesis about how to operate. So it gets in the way of creativity. It gets in the way of the other folks that you're working with really bringing their best to the table. That curiosity of like, just stay curious a little bit longer will is it one of the ways that I, I think about how to break that bias is, you know, just, just wait before you reserve judgment before you um, begin making decisions and think of bring all the perspectives to the table that complement yours so that you can have the most unlocked potential for your team or for your business. Just thinking about that experience that, that shaped your own biases that sounds like you know you you're really aware of and you keep in in check and you know clearly there's a big opportunity in in unleashing and realizing people's potential in you know holding back that judgment um how has your experience shaped how you think about diversity and inclusion i think it goes all the way back to how i grew up and where i grew up i'm from georgia and in the southern part of the united states and i grew up in a pretty conservative environment attending Southern Baptist Church. And really, there's a lot of things I really loved about the sense of community, the shared values and that storytelling of like reading a text like the Bible and kind of interpreting that and what does that mean for how I might live my life. However, as I, and and so I was really embracing it and I imagined myself uh, going into a career in ministry. I I, uh, took trips when I was in high school. I had leadership roles in my church. Um, And I was ready when I graduated uh, high school to pursue that career and suddenly uh, had this realization in talking with my pastor at the time that that was not an opportunity that was open to me because I'm a woman. And that was just a blow and it really started to unravel the belief system and uh, community that I had built around me. Um, The next step was my best friend in high school came out of the closet and he was also pursuing a career in ministry. suddenly neither of us were welcome to pursue something that we we believed in that that was important and we both uh, continued to be close friends he actually performed my wedding and recently officiated my my dad's funeral uh, in drag as a drag queen so uh, that experience of shifting and and open my eyes being open to like i didn't have this opportunity my best friend didn't have this opportunity and wait there's a whole universe of people that are not welcome into this community and i need to i i I need to find another way to build community i need to find another way to be open and to provide opportunities for others i think for the record angie you'd have been great in ministry and i can imagine you in your your polka dot jumpsuit (laughs) (laughs) and and just reflecting on you know it sounds like you're critical that that experience must have shaped so much of your thinking and i know when i've been in limiting situations like that where the door is closed it just really makes you rethink and, and uh, almost question everything it does um, you, you've kind of gone about building some you know pretty diverse and high performing teams H- how do you think those two things have, have connected have you been more open to making sure you know, equal opportunity and access has been available to all of your teams yeah absolutely i think my experience of having doors closed to me because of bias has made me extremely intense about thinking through when I have the opportunity to build a team or to bring someone new into a team that I have. How do I look look at the way they think, who they are, 
what they've done, what they might contribute, and, and what's missing um, that someone with a totally different life experience or perspective might bring to the table. So that's step one. But then step two is that can be pretty disruptive. Um, and, and you, anytime a, a team is forming or reforming as new folks enter, um, it's really important to build a sense of, of trust and provide that, that safe space for people to fully be themselves. So I've been at FM Global for about two years now, and it's been a crazy onboarding situation during the middle of a pandemic, entering a new company and a senior role. Um, as soon as, and then doing, uh, you know, sort of uh, creating new leadership roles to support a new strategy for the team and bringing other people in from the outside and meshing them with leaders that have been, have been at the company for years and even decades. So, you know, one of the first things that we did was we, we had an offsite as a leadership team and it, very little of the focus was on marketing strategy or business strategy. It was really about let's get to know each other as humans and let's hear each other's stories of our careers and our lives so that we can build this glue and this foundation for the rough waters of change that would be ahead of us that we would need to navigate together. And we did that over a year ago. And just last week, we had another leadership offsite where I, I brought up a photo that we had taken at the end of that first meeting where all of us put on superhero capes and masks and what and, and we stood in a line and we were like the Marvel superheroes of, of FM Global. And the reason we did that is because, you know, I, I believe that our, our superpowers are also our kryptonite and that we need to, to have each other's back and accept that, you know, our colleagues have superpowers and kryptonite and we know what they are so that we can be aware of that and support each other and also think about how when we communicate and collaborate, that other person might be experiencing what we're saying or doing based on their own background and experience. Yeah, I've heard that saying said in a few different ways, you know, often your biggest strengths are definitely also your biggest uh, weaknesses. And something you, as you were talking there, Andy, just struck me, just this idea of, you know, doors, doors being closed. It sounds like you're really making sure you keep those doors open for your team and creating that real spirit just across the leadership team and, and bringing it back to that human connection but but practically when when a door has been closed because of bias for, for you personally just even reflecting back across the breadth of your career practically how have you dealt with it you know what are some of the tips or advice that you could give you know one of the things that i think is really important is to have mentors and sort of your own personal board of directors around you that you can turn to when those moments inevitably happen and help you reframe your emotions and your your point of view and reset yourself to to move forward and make sometimes difficult decisions about what moving forward looks like onto a path that you might not have expected your life would take. So I think, you know, whether those are colleagues or friends or family members, it's really important that you have those people in your life who can you think differently about what's happening to you and pull you out of uh, the emotional reaction that you're having and uh, remind you of who you are and, and what you're capable of. Got it. So if I'm hearing you correctly, it's you know, your, your own personal approach there has been about having the right, men, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people to be able to, to almost rethink 
or, or, or approach a different mindset rather than reliving that door being closed. Let's talk a little bit about imposter syndrome. It's it's a topic that comes up quite a lot. Is it something you've ever experienced? Absolutely. When I started working on Wall Street, I was, you know, I was commuting into New York City. I was working in a company of over 250,000 people and I was like running global campaigns with tens of millions of dollars in spend. And, and I would sometimes have those moments and I'd be like, what right do I have to, to guide something like this, to be part of something like this? And I, you know, that one of the ways that I overcame that was through that sort of network of, of other people, all of, in this case, all women who helped me sort of reframe. And that reframing in that case was like, look, as you're walking into boardrooms, C-suite, you know, executive corridors, those are people too. And they're making decisions based on the information they have, and it's often incomplete. And what you can bring to the table is a perspective that's missing and an experience that is something that they don't have and that's extremely valuable and they chose you and you're there because they saw something in you that you could bring to the table and so all you know everything i was saying earlier about how i think about building inclusive and diverse teams knowing that others are trying to do the same thing and that's why often the reason that you're in the room and just embracing it and and owning it uh, walking into those rooms in a, in a position of strength and confidence that is only possible when you show up as your whole self and not as a person that you're trying to be to uh, fit in to a, an environment that wasn't created for you. Um, I think you're absolutely right and hit the nail on the head for me on um, this. You know, every, everyone's human. They're all people behind what, what, whatever you're, you're seeing and this idea of just reframe what you're going on, on to do is, is a really good takeout. Um, you, you've, you've spent a fair chunk of your career, Angie, working in marketing and um, communication leadership roles. And my own personal experience is that these teams tend to be quite heavily female dominated. Is, is that what you see as well? Or Yeah, um, you know, just reflecting on most of the teams that I've been part of have been heavily female. Sometimes there'll be very few men in the room. Um, and then you walk across the corridor to your partners in other parts of the company, or if you're an agency, you're working with, you know, extended teams at your client companies, and it might be the exact opposite. So that can create, uh, you know, even just, you know, recently I've walked into rooms and looked around and say, wow, I'm still the only woman here. Um, but then I, so, so what does that actually mean today for an, an industry like marketing to still be so female dominant, why does, why does that occur? And why do other parts of organizations that hasn't happened? I don't have the answer to that, but I I do think it's, it can be a source of strength for us because what we're doing is um, creating humanity and empathy through stories for the organization. And, And that's something that as a woman, I think I'm not alone in feeling that that's something that we're particularly good at. And I think we can um, we can bring that perspective to the organization 
um, even whether we're dominating the room or we're the only ones in it. And just reflecting on some of the industries that you've been involved in, I know you've spent, you've had careers um, and roles at City and firms like Munich Re. Do you, do you find the FS insurance space, is it more, more biased, less biased? What, what's your experience been? I've found that the the industry, the financial services industry has become increasingly aware of bias focused on overcoming bias. Um, you look at the metrics for, you know, whether it's gender diversity or eth- ethnicity, nationality, or LGBTQ dimensions, I think we're very aware of how far we still have to go. Um, and so the conversation around bias has been one that I've, I've felt has been increasingly more prominent over the last 10 years. I think the the difficulty that financial services firm feel they have is, oh, well, you know, the talent base, um, the more diverse talent base just isn't there. And I I just think that that's um, not necessarily true, first of all, but also to the degree that it is true, it's incumbent upon us to begin building that pipeline of talent much, much earlier. Um, so that, that the industry attracts a much more diverse set of people. Um, and it ha- in order to do that, we have to be the, the kind of place that is welcoming and can create a sense of belonging no matter who you are. You've spent your time back in insurance and, and have come back over the past eight years. What, what brought you back into the insurance space? I, I believe, you know, going back to sort of what was my career goal when I was, you know, 15 versus at 45, what's important to me. I think it's still the same. Um, and I think what I, which is um, what I love about insurance is the, the societal impact that is there at the very foundation. People couldn't, like, things couldn't get made, built, occupied, created. Innovation couldn't happen without the, the security and the protection that insurance provides to people and businesses and communities. So I think it's an inherently purpose-driven field. Um, And then the place that I work now is just so unique and differentiated in how we deliver on that purpose that um, it's just a really special place to be within a, a space that's already pretty meaningful. Yeah, and have you felt just given your in? experience in FS and then also other sectors that you can be more of your whole self in in some of your more recent roles has 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 that sector space moved on or have you just got stronger and better at contending or dealing I think it's a bit of both like you know working in a in an agency environment earlier in my career it was relatively easy uh, they're full of it's a space that's full of creatives and quirky brilliant weirdos I think the financial services space has historically tried to put fit people into a mold or find people who already fit that mold. I think that is definitely changing, um, but I think it it still requires intention um, and it requires uh, modeling that. So another reason that I, um, as a leader, I'm so thoughtful about, I've just got to show up as me and be the same me all the time is that I know that other people are, are looking at us as leaders, especially as women leaders and how we show up um, to have the confidence and the, the permission sometimes to do the same thing. And even my peers, um, I, I also have you know a few tattoos and it's not something you necessarily see in the executive suite. And 
I have a colleague uh, in finance who, you know, she recently told me, she's like, you know what? You gave me confidence to show up as me and not hide these pieces of who I am underneath clothing that I wouldn't put on in my re regular life outside of work. So, you know, knowing that uh, inspiring people to do that is happening is it means a lot to me. It, yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Really, really good to hear. Um, and I've I've enjoyed um, see, seeing your success at FM Global over the last couple of years. And I know you've had a, a fantastic career trajectory, but the path isn't always a, a, a straightforward path. I guess reflecting back 10, 15 years ago, what what advice would you would you give your your old self to do to do differently, or um, perhaps to embrace? I think just that exercise I went through uh, to uncover my values, I would encourage people to do that. Take a step back and, and really just think about that. What matters to you at your core? And then how does that proliferate in, in the person that you are at work? And have fun. I mean, especially coming out of the pandemic and being in our homes and looking at screens um, coming back, beginning to come back out of that and have community again with other people, it, it just feels so good. I think, you know, the trauma that we experienced globally and as individuals of that has made us yearn to, for togetherness. Um, and also people were, you know, seeing inside of our homes, meeting our families and things that most people may never have felt comfortable with bringing into their work environment. And now that's already happened. So don't let go of it. Um, continue to think about ways to integrate your life because when you do that you you know you really feel like a more of a whole person it does it does feel like a connected um, set of sequence that the, the more you do it it's a bit like empathy <laughs> the more you practice the more it gives back back to you as well and I wanted to get your advice Angie I think you know you, you've you're, you're very bold and you, you know, as you say you know embracing your values and uh, your who you are and, and showing up consistently is, is something that I've taken away from this conversation. You know, lots of people talk about this sort of need to have more confidence, which can often be something quite hard. It's quite elusive to, 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 to chase. Have you got any advice for people that are looking to have more gravitas in settings? You know, you perhaps, you know, and I, and I see this with lots of females in particular, where perhaps they're more focused on being efficient or rushing to task um, rather than you know, being curious or, or, or taking more of a for you. There's a line from a book I read that just runs through my mind when you ask that question is just stay curious a little bit longer. And what that means to me is be curious about the people around you. And, and when your focus is on how might I support someone else, how might I enable someone else to be successful, it takes the focus off of yourself and you're enabled and, and for me that feeds confidence and so i have a, a daughter who's 10 and we were talking she's going to a theater camp next week and she's a little nervous about the she's excited about the camp and she loves theater she's i'm really kind of nervous about the audition because i've got to stand up there in front of everyone alone and i know i'm going to get a part but what if i don't get the part i want what if i get you know what if i bomb up there on the stage and I said, like, these are people this is a community of people who have a shared goal of putting on a great show and the role that you play in that is not just about your your own performance it's about how you do that as a team and if that can take some of the pressure off of you of realizing that you're in it together 
and the role that you play is going to lead to your own success, but sometimes more importantly, the, the success of the whole. Um, and I think, you know, she's still got a few days to work herself up to the audition, but she, you know, I hope that that advice will enable her to have a little bit less nerves when she's standing up on that stage by herself and realize that the people in the audience are cheering her on. Yeah, great advice. And uh, yeah, wishing your daughter all the best for the audition um, ahead of camp starting. Andy, I'd love to finish on, um, you know, let's let's fast forward into the future um, a few years. What, what do you hope will have changed most when it comes to bias and, and also inclusion? And, and I guess even just thinking about your own daughter's experience, you know, in six years from now, in 10 years from now, in, in entering the workforce, uh, what, what, do you, what do you hope will be different? I hope that difference will be valued. Um, you know, I talked earlier about that progress I've seen the financial services industry make of recognizing bias, trying to combat bias, trying to, you know, like you, you said, set targets to um, rough, to really make progress on that being reflected in, in their in the makeup of their organizations. Um, I think the next step beyond that is that it's not just a, an exercise in trying to balance out past inequities, but it's actually what's going to drive innovation, what's going to drive profitable growth is the value of the difference. And you think about as a marketer, we're always talking about differentiators and we're always looking for what's our differentiator, what's our unique selling proposition. We, we should do that for ourselves. And hopefully that when it comes to talent, uh, when we're seeking to make hires or build teams, we're looking for what's that unique selling proposition of that person and how can I build that up? You know, just to close out one more story of a recent conversation I had with a, a member of my team. Um, she, she's our, our senior brand manager and she's been at the company for a couple of decades. And, you know, we sort of bonded on our shared sort of boldness of style and, and, and love of bright colors and, and um, of, uh, being different and she's we were working on a project together and, and she said to me you know i feel like my whole life people have been telling me to tone it down and now as we work on this together you're asking me to dial it up so you know my hope would be that as leaders we we ask our teams to dial up the thing that um, is unique and differentiated and maybe a little bit odd in our teams and just see what happens and that what kind of potential that can unlock for them and for, for our teams. Fantastic advice and uh, I think a great thing for us all to, sh to shoot for given um, it feels like there's so much societal reward for everyone to be identical and, and more of the same but actually as you say the magic is really in, in the difference so let's embrace the difference, really value the difference. Brilliant. Really great to have you on with us, Angie. I've loved hearing your your story, your views, um, and just even even through this conversation, um, he hearing the echoes of your, your own personal values come through. I've taken a lot away from the conversation and, and really appreciate you being so open um, and, and sharing your, your, your own experiences. Thank you, Alicia. It's such a pleasure. And I, I look forward to hearing what other folks have to say on this topic. So thanks for including me in the series. Great to have you with us, Angie. Thanks again. All right. Bye-bye. 
This podcast is brought to you by Momentum, the global growth consultancy, a female-owned business brimming with incredible female talent. We're actively striving to close the gender gap. You can learn more at wearemomentum.com.